excited, all right? Like I said, uh, we're also in the middle of 21 days of prayer and fasting. And I was corrected last night. The fast does not end on the 23rd. That would only be 14 days. It ends on the 30th. Math was never my deal, all right? And so, uh, you know, it looked like 21 days when I looked at the calendar, but it was 14. So we've got to go all the way to the 30th. Can you imagine? Uh, some of us have to go the next day because we messed up on Friday. But anyway, uh, you know, here's the thing about 21 days. It's like Pastor Kathy said, you're, you're taking something you like to do, and you're saying, hey, God, I love you more, and I'm going to put this down for a little while, and, uh, and we're going to... We're going to do that. And so, step one, two, still not working. Still not working. Still not working. I hate holding a handheld. So, um, you may need to turn this up a little bit or the gain. I don't know. I'm having to hold it right in my mouth. But uh, so, let, let me ask you the question this morning What does it mean to be a follower of Jesus? Now, if I were to ask that question to 100 different people, I would get 100 different answers. Uh, you know, you would. You, you, People would come up with all kinds of answers. What it means to follow Jesus. Uh, you know, and, and why is that? Why would you get so many answers? The reason, I think, is that because today we follow out of convenience and not out of commitment. We follow out of personal convenience, not personal conviction, not, not uh, commitment. Uh, and our idea, our idea of following now is shaped by what? Social media. How many people you have following you means something. You know, we look at, at the service. How many people are following the service or whatever. And, and so social media, the way it works, if you click, I'm following somebody, then all of a sudden, you know how many times they went to the bathroom. You know what their kids ate. You know what their, the kid stumped his toe. You know, I mean, you know everything about them. And then you're going, this is driving me crazy. So what do we do? We unfollow them. And the big question is, if I unfollow them, will they know I unfollowed them? I don't want them to dislike me, you know, and so I unfollow them, and that way you don't have to know how, what their kids ate for lunch. He liked his macaroni and cheese, but he hated his peas. I mean, I don't care, you know, and, and so you get that, and, and so that's kind of what we do with following anything or following Jesus. We just, we follow him when it's convenient for us. It feels real good right now. It may not later or it may not tomorrow, and so we unfollow for a little while. We follow out of convenience. And, uh, and so we're going to find out today that following is way more than what it is on social media. Okay, and so we just sang that song. I asked uh, Steve, I said, would y'all sing that again? Even though we sang it last week, and I know, you know, we don't like to repeat songs every week and stuff, but uh, since my message I titled it, I have to follow, decided to follow Jesus, I thought the song would fit. But have you ever, there's a story behind a lot of songs. As a matter of fact, Pastor Kathy has a book that's got the stories. And, and so I Googled this song. And, and, and about 200 years ago in the, in the, in the 19th century, in the, in the 1800s, uh, there was in India, uh, in a village, uh, there was a, a family that chose to follow Christ, a Hindu family that converted to Christianity. And uh, that was a capital offense in this area. And uh, it was an Assami area, I think is what it was called. And, and, and so they, they brought the father out and said, you've got to renounce Christ. You've got to renounce Jesus. And, uh, and he, said, he said, no, I've decided to follow Jesus. I've decided to follow. They said, you don't understand. 
You don't understand. You, you've got to renounce him. And they executed his two children. And he said, though none go with me, still I will follow. Then they executed his wife in front of him. And while they were killing him, and he said, no turning back, no turning back. And while they were killing him, he said, the world behind me, the cross before me. Now that puts a different light on following, does it not? And, and so this man lost everything because of following Christ. Pastor Kathy was telling me a story uh, that uh, we, we watch, we, we listen to sermons all the time. And this sermon this morning she was watching and the guy gave an example. A guy was so thankful to God because he said, once I became a Christian, I got a better job, I made more money, and my marriage was better and all this other stuff. And another guy, about the same time in a different place, said, yeah. He said, when I became a Christian, I lost my job. I was persecuted. I was in prison for five years. My unbelieving wife left me. I just thank God for Jesus. Two opposite things. I mean, you know. And, and so following Christ, I have decided to follow Jesus. It's a big deal. So let me ask you, what does it mean to you to be a follower of Jesus? What does it mean to follow Jesus? We're going to look at maybe what Jesus says about it. That would be a good idea, wouldn't it? Don't you think? And so let's look at Mark 8. It says, Jesus and his disciples left Galilee and went up to the villages near Caesarea Philippi. Now, Caesarea Philippi, uh, we've been there. It's, it's not a holy place. You know, you go to Israel and you think, well, I'm going to all the holy places. Caesarea Philippi was a place where pagan worship occurred. And they've got all these places for pagan gods. And so Jesus has these Jewish disciples out of their comfort zone. And they're walking around and he's teaching them as they go. He's teaching them in relation to what the world, in the context of what the world had to offer them. And as they were walking along, he asked them, who do people say that I am? Who do people say that I am? And, uh, and so the disciples replied, some say you're John the Baptist, some say Elijah, and others say you're one of the other prophets. Now see, at this time, a lot of the people believed in reincarnation. And they thought maybe Elijah had been reincarnated and, and, uh, and brought back. And, and the disciples weren't saying that's who they believed, but that's what a lot of people thought. And, and so they thought maybe, you know, John the Baptist had just been executed. Maybe God brought him back and... It's John, you're John the Baptist and whatever. And, and, uh, and so then Jesus asked him, but who do you say I am? Who do you say I am? And Peter, he's always the first, right? He jumps out of the boat and walks on water. You know, he's always, always wanting to be first. And he's a sanguine personality. He says, you're, you are the Christ, the Messiah. In a different uh, book, it says the son of the living God. So Peter has this awesome confession of who Jesus is. He said, you're the Messiah. And, uh, and so, you know, but, but Peter's understanding of Messiah wasn't our understanding of Messiah, okay? See, Peter, the Jews, had been looking for years, Peter's whole lifetime, for a Messiah to come and rid them of the Romans. They wanted, they wanted the Messiah to come and get rid of Rome and let Israel be uh, back to its glory days when David and, and Solomon, you know? And, and that's the kind of Messiah they thought. Unfortunately, too many people today look for Jesus to be that kind of Messiah, and he's not. He's not. And, uh, and so, but Jesus warned them. He said, don't tell anyone. Then he began to tell them this. Now, understand, they're thinking he's the king, he's the man, he's going to get rid of Caesar and all these bad dudes, and we're going to rise again. And then Jesus began to tell them, the Son of Man, referring to himself, 
must suffer many terrible things. That didn't fit with their theology. And, and then he says they'll be re- he'll be rejected by the elders and the priests and the teachers of the religious law. And then it says he would be killed. And they're going, oh, no, this can't happen. But then three days later, he'd rise from the dead. Now, they're thinking, you are the Messiah. You're the king. You're going to get rid of the Romans. If they kill you, how can you do that? And, and, and so, uh, you know, then, um, then Jesus, you know, he's, he's telling them that. And, and all of a sudden it says, Peter took him aside and began to reprimand him for saying such things. Now, wait a minute. Now, Peter just said, you're the son of God, and now you're going to rebuke the son of God. I mean, to me, that you got to look at, there's humor in the Bible. I mean, he says he began rebuking. I don't think that lasted very long, you know, and, uh, and, and for saying these things. And so Peter's reprimanding him, and, and uh, you know, I don't know. Y'all, y'all, to me, that's funny. But anyway, and, and Jesus turned around and looked at his disciples. Then he reprimanded Peter. This is like, you know, he's, he's listening and Peter's saying that and he looks at him and says, you got to be kidding me, right? And then he reprimands Peter. And Peter goes from, hey, I'll build my church on your confession to get away from me, Satan. That's not what you want to hear the Messiah say, right? And so Peter in one verse went from, Jesus, I'm going to build my church on the foundation of your confession to you're the devil, get away. And, uh, and so, uh, you know, that's not what you want either. And so he, here's what Jesus said to them. You are seeing things merely from a human point of view. You're seeing things from a human point of view. That's typically what following is. We, we, say th- we see following Jesus from our point of view. We, we see things not from God's point of view, but from our point of view. And that's the crux of how we see following. We you know, we want God to accomplish what we want Him to accomplish, not what He wants to accomplish. And uh, we think, you know, it's all about us, and it's not all about us. Jesus didn't come to make you and me happy. He came to make us like God. He came to make us followers of Christ. He came to save us from our ways and, and change us into people who follow God. And, and He didn't come to save our world. He didn't come to save our country. He came to save you and me. And he said, you're seeing things from a human point of view, not from God's. And then so Jesus said, look, he called the crowd of his, to join his disciples. And he's going to tell them what following him means. He said, if anyone of you wants to be my follower, and there's a comma. He said, hey, if you want to be my follower, and he's going to tell them what that means in just a minute. You know, it could be anything on the other side of that comma. You've got you've to turn around and come follow me. And he says that. He said, if you want to be my follower, you must give up your own way, take up your cross, and follow me. So we look at that. We're going to give up our own way. So we know that's, that's what repentance is. We change our mind about our life, and we're going, to live, we're going to give up doing what we want to do. But then he says, take up your cross. Now, how many of y'all wearing a cross today for jewelry? See, today, crosses are jewelry. To them, it was a, a form of execution. be like you carrying around an uh, electric chair around your neck. It wasn't, it wasn't. It wasn't jewelry. Okay, so you're going to take up your cross. In other words, you're going to die, and you're going to follow me. And, and so uh, you've got to get to a place, Jesus is saying, where it's not about you and what you want. It's about God. You've got to get to a place where you will deny what you thought you wanted to do and do what he wants, no matter what the cost. And, and so that's what we do. We take up that 
tool of execution. We wear that. We take that, that cross up. And then, then he goes on to say this. He said, if you try and hang on to your life, you'll lose it. So you're saying, well, I'm just not going to commit to God because I don't want to give him my life. I'm going I'm to live my life. Guess what? You're going to die anyway. Understand this. Unless the rapture comes while we're alive, all of us going to die at some point. Like one comedian said, none of us getting out of here alive. You know, and we're not. And, and he, said, he said, you're going to lose it anyway. So why not commit it to me? Why not commit it to me? See, uh, people, I mean, listen, it don't matter how healthy you eat. People eat health food, and they're going to die. They just won't die with a smile on their face like those of us that eat pie. You know what I mean? You know, it's just you're, everybody is going to die. And if you hold on to your life, Jesus said, you'll lose it. So it, you're going to lose it anyway if you're making life all about you. And then Jesus says this, but if you give up your life for my sake and for the sake of the good news, you'll save it. You'll save it. In other words, when you give your life to Jesus, you'll find it. A lot of people think, well, I've got to go out and find out who I am. No, Jesus said you find out who you are when you commit your life to me. When you commit your life to me, that's when you find out who you are. And he said, what benefit if you gain the whole world but lose your own soul? Is anything worth more than your soul? course the answer is no you know because what we have in this world is going to pass away your soul is going to live forever you're going to live either in heaven or hell forever there's no second chances once you die and and so uh you know he's he's saying you know is anything worth more than your soul and obviously it's not is it then he defines what it means to follow he said if anyone is ashamed of me in my message in these adulterous and sinful days. Anybody disagree we're in some adulterous and sinful days? I mean, things hadn't changed. It was bad then, it's bad now. And uh, he said, if you're ashamed of me in my message, he said, the Son of Man, or I, will be ashamed of that person when he returns in glory with his Father and the holy angels. Let me tell you something. I don't want God to be ashamed of me. Uh, in other words, this, Jesus is saying this is a pretty important decision. He's saying this is a very important decision. And so in our church, we've got people at different places of following, and, and we need to take wherever we're at very seriously. And so I want to encourage you today. Keep going after God with everything you can do. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul, your mind, your emotions. You do all that. And uh, then, you know, you will find real life when you do that. See, culture says, go out and party hardy, you know, live for the day. Have a good time. God says, you, you commit to me, and then you'll figure it out. <clears throat> and so that's what, that's what we need to do. And so uh, Luke actually adds a word to this passage. He says uh, to the crowd, if any of you wants to be my follower, you must give up your own way, take up your cross, what? Daily and follow me. You take up your cross daily and follow me. So it's an everyday thing. It's not just Sunday and Wednesday, folks. It's every day. That's why I praying that Lord's Prayer thing last week was really, I'm, I'm hoping I'm starting on the tabernacle. I'm, I'm looking for that. And, and, uh, and so it's just, it's been rich and, and really getting into the Word. I started back doing something I used to do. I read a proverb a day, not just the reading in the uh, one-year Bible, but what today is uh, the 16th. So I read Proverbs 16 this morning. And it's amazing. Man, there's a lot of good stuff in Proverbs. I don't know if y'all know that, but. There's 31 of them, so most months you can read the whole thing uh, through. So, but we've got to take up our cross and follow him. Now, I want to look at some different stages 
a following real quick. Rick Warren came up with this. Rick uh, Warren, pastor of Saddleback, he wrote The Purpose Driven Life, but before that he wrote a book called The Purpose Driven Church. His youth pastor, I heard him speak one time, and he said, man, I did an essay in, in seminary, and, and he put up there The Purpose Driven Life by and put his name on it. Everybody laughed. He said, I, I can see I'm not the only one whose pastor took a good idea I had and ran with it. And, uh, and, and he laughed. He said, Rick wrote Purpose Driven Life, sold 80 million copies. I wrote Purpose Driven Youth Ministry. My mama bought a copy. My aunt bought a copy. But uh, Rick wrote The Purpose Driven Church, and there's different stages in following. And so I want to I look at those. First is the crowd. Write that down, the crowd. And, uh, and so that's, you know, that's the first appeal Jesus made was come and see, was come and see. And so uh, you can write that down, come and see. He, Jesus, uh, that's what our Sunday services are. We invite people to come and see and, uh, and come and see. I want them to see you guys. I, I know that, that when somebody visits here and they see people like Wayne or normal guys, maybe a little bit off, but normal guys and, 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 and Gil and different people, you know what, they're going to be met by friendly people that they like and then they're going to hear good worship and then they're going to hopefully be inspired by the word of God. And, and matter of fact, Jesus first said to Peter, he said, look, he said, come follow me. And, 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 and he basically said, come and see. And then, and then he, he didn't sit down and teach Peter a lesson. He said, let's go fishing. Peter said, I've been fishing all night. I haven't caught anything. He said, go out here, throw your net over there. Peter did. They couldn't even haul it in. He filled his boat up with fish. And then Peter said, wow. Get away from me. I'm an evil man. You're, you're the son of God. So he got Peter's attention. Come and see. That's what we want. We want people to come encounter Jesus and see. And then that second level is a congregation. It's a congregation. That's where we tell people, hey, look, you can come and see all you want to, but if you like what you see, come and join us. I mean, if you, you like being a part, hey, look, you know, come join. Part, be a part of what we're doing and and uh, some, of that, some of that would include we're going to do small groups. We're going to start them a little later because we want flu and COVID to get out of here. But we've, been, we've, we've got storage. We've been cleaning these rooms out over here. And we're going to clean them up, probably paint them. And then we're going we're gonna to have chairs in there where we do small groups. And I think we're going to switch our Wednesday nights to where you'll have a choice of different topics to go to. We'll come in here and worship with Steve and, and the band. And then we'll go to groups and, and stuff like that. And so... Uh, we want to do that, but we, we don't want to be a, a multiplier of people being sick in those things. And so, uh, but come and join us. Then, then, then the next level is the committed in Rick's thing, is the committed. And uh, that's where we say, hey, look, you, you've come, and now you, you're kind of getting serious. You want to grow, so you're going to come and grow. Uh, you know, you realize salvation's not the end. It's only the first step. And so you want to grow in your faith and and, uh, and grow. Maybe you're going to go to a ladies group or a couples group or a marriage group or you're going, hey, look, I'd like to do this 21 days of prayer thing. We'll start today. Do 14. <laughs> you know, from today on if you hadn't done it. And, and, uh, but you want to grow. Start, start reading the, the Bible every day. Spend that time in prayer. Get one of our devotion books out there. You want to do what it takes to grow. And so you start, you start participating. And I, I've always done this, the one-year challenge. If you if you come all in, as Pastor Kathy was saying, for a year, if you're in the same spot this time next year, uh, you know, uh, I might go to another church with you. I don't know, you know, but, but I don't think you will be because I know if you come in here and worship and participate and you get in a group and, and, and you, you will grow 
like never before. And once you start growing, then, you, then the next level of participation is the core. That's where we come and serve. We, you know, you're part of the core where we want you to, you're not just coming to grow, but now you're coming to serve. And, and uh, you know, you don't know what it's going to be until you go somewhere, but you want to come and serve. You, it might be in kids' ministry. We're going to buy a better camera than a telephone to do our online services with. Maybe it's going to need somebody to run that camera. Maybe you got an interest in, in running a camera or technology or something like that. Uh, maybe you like children and, uh, and, and you want to be in the kids' ministry or help out with the youth ministry or whatever, but you just want to serve. Maybe when we do an outreach, you want to help with that. Maybe you can, can actually sing or play an instrument and you want to join the worship team. And, uh, and stuff like that. And you can, you can talk about it, but come and serve. So you're not going to know if that's for you until you check it out. Some of y'all need to decide, hey, you know what? I want to lead. I, I might, I might want to lead a living free group. I might want to lead uh, a grief group or whatever. I might want to, I might want to, you know, you know how you'll grow more than anything? Lead a group. Lead a group. And, uh, and your preparation in prayer time. You might be fighting with your spouse. If we're doing them on Wednesday at 6.30, y'all might be in, y'all, y'all are arguing, and you're on your way over here, and you know, we got to get this over with because we got to go lead this group, you know. And some of y'all that have led in your homes, you know what I'm talking about. You might be fussing at each other beforehand and say, look, we got to get this straight because people coming over in about 15 minutes. And, uh, and, and so you know you got to do that. And, and so you'll grow by leaps and bounds if you do that. So come and serve. And then that last level Rick, in Rick's uh, thing is this. It's the commissioned. It's the commissioned. This is, this is a point where I'm going to serve God every day of my life. doesn't matter. And it says, come and die to myself. I'm going to die to myself and I'm going to live for Jesus. And, uh, and you're somewhere in this process. Don't know where. But find out where you are and say, you know what? I want to do the next thing. I want to do the next thing that I need to do. I want to, I want to move forward in this process. I want to be commissioned to serve God and lead people to faith in Christ myself. So what we're doing is we're giving you an opportunity to go from no commitment to total commitment. Giving you an opportunity to go from no commitment to total commitment. And, and you can just come and see and... Sit back and you don't have to be involved. And that's why sometimes people like big churches because you can go hide. I remember a guy one time I called him. He'd been there three times before, anybody, before he ever talked to anybody. You know, and, and so it's easy to hide. But we, we want you to come from there to total commitment. We want you to go from a consumer to a contributor. We want you to go from somebody who's just coming to, to grow and, and take in to somebody who's now helping somebody else grow. We want you to go from a consumer to a contributor. We want you to go from having Jesus as your Savior to Jesus as your Lord. That's where we want you to be. We're going to serve Him every day. And I, I'm a tour guide. I'm, 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 I'm your shepherd. I'm, I just want to help you get there. And we need people that are stepping up. And I know God's talking to some of y'all about stepping up and helping us with that. And, uh, and so look at this. this there's, a, there's different steps. And, and let me just say this. The first step is baptism once you've been saved. I mean, look what Acts 2.41 says. Those who believed what Peter said were what? Baptized and added to the church that day about 3,000 in all. Now, I don't know who counted, but 
They said about 3,000. They probably just counted the men and not the women and children in that day. It's the way it would have been counted. So it might have been six, eight, ten thousand 10,000 uh, were added to the church, but, but 3,000. So the first thing that the Bible says, every time you read where they had that, the Bible says when people give their hearts to Jesus, they were baptized. They are baptized. Now, they are a little more spontaneous back then. I know y'all got makeup, y'all got hair, we got clothes. You know, and all that. And the baptistry is not full, but they would do it in the river. And we've been to the Jordan River where Jesus baptized, and, and it'll take your breath away, literally, because the water is about 40-something degrees. Is this like uh, Kathy was going, I, I baptized people, and she said, why is he speaking in tongues? I wasn't speaking in tongues. It's just like, la, 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 was all that would come out when that water came up on my chest. It was so cold. I had somebody try and climb me to get up out of the water while I had them under the water. It, it was like, man, I, I dunked somebody, and it was hands and feet coming up, trying to get up out of that water. And, but that's what they did. They got baptized when they got saved. And so, uh, and so you know, I, listen, I know, you know, my mother said, well, you were baptized as a baby. I don't know why you felt like you had to get baptized again. Well, when I was baptized as a baby, I was dedicated. It's more of a dedication, baby dedication. That's what we do. And, and I, my parents, I didn't make a decision. I didn't know. I, didn't even, I couldn't even say daddy yet, you know, but, but they put that water on me and I threw up on the pastor, you know, and, uh, and so I don't, they didn't have videos on phones back then. I thought that'd be a funny video, but, but uh, that's what they told me. But, but, I mean, I had nothing to do with that. Baptism in the Bible is about when you make a decision to follow Christ, you choose to get baptized. So I made that choice, and years ago I'd been saved for a long time, but I went and got baptized, and I think they iced the water down. The pastor was in hunting waders or uh, fishing waders, and, and I was freezing. My lips were purple and all that. But we, we got a heater on. Uh, we got a hot water heater. So next week we're going to do baptism. I know we've got a couple people wanting to be baptized. And so if that's you, maybe check that off. And here's what you need to do. Uh, one is check that off so we, we know about you. If you're saying, hey, look, I was baptized. I, I was baptized as a child. I, I, went, I had a friend who was baptized three times. He's Methodist. And so he got baptized as a baby. Then when he got saved, he said, okay. So he got sprinkled again. Well, then he studied the scripture, and it means to be dunked. It means actually to drown. But, uh, you know, so we Christianize that and mean to dunk, not drown. And so he went and got baptized that way. So he's, he's got it covered three ways, you know. And, uh, and so, but if you want to be baptized, say, look, I want the world to know I'm going to follow Jesus. You check that off, and then you need to bring a towel and uh some clothes. You want dark pants, dark shirt for obvious reasons. You want to keep private stuff private. And, uh, and then we'll video it back there and, and you can be baptized in some warm water next week. So, so why do we do that? I mean, why do we do that? That's the next step. And so let me just give you some, some reasons real quick. Why we would do that and why we would take any other next step. One is we need to follow the example set by Jesus. Jesus got baptized and if anybody didn't need to, Jesus didn't need to. See, baptism, we baptize you for the remission of your sins in the name of the Father. He had no sins to remit. I mean, he didn't have any sins, but he wanted to set that example. And, uh, and so Jesus never sinned. Paul said, you should imitate me just as I imitate Christ. And, and so, uh, you know, Paul was baptized. Jesus allowed himself to be baptized. And, and so we want to do that. Now, what is baptism? Baptism is basically the wedding ring. I'll leave all my fingers up there. Y'all might think I'm shooting some kind of sign or something. But uh, this wedding ring, I, it doesn't make me married, but it shows I'm married to Kathy, Pastor Kathy. 
And, and so baptism doesn't save you, but it shows that you've been saved. And so baptism is the wedding ring for Christianity. And so uh, just, just like, just like uh, being circumcised was the same thing for being a Jew. Aren't you glad you're not Jewish, all right? And, uh, and so, uh, you know, that, so wear the ring. Wear the ring. It's an example. Jesus said it, and, and that's what the baptism is. John said this. He said, someone may say I'm a Christian and I'm on my way to heaven. I belong to Christ. Now, this is hard, but it's not me saying it. It's the Bible. So he said, but if he doesn't do what Christ tells him to do, he's a what? A liar. So if I'm going to say, hey, Jesus, I love you. I'm going to heaven, but I'm living like the devil. Guess what you are? You're a liar. Because Jesus wants to be your Lord. And he, when he tells us to do something, he expects us to do it. So, he, he, Jesus, I love you, but I'm not going to get baptized. You're a liar. Jesus, I love you, but I'm not going to read your word. You're a liar. Jesus, I love you, but I'm not coming to church because I don't like church people. You're a liar. Can't love Jesus and hate church people. Jesus, I love you. I'm not going to give to your ministry. You're a liar. Jesus, I love you. I'm not going to serve. You're a liar. According to Paul, uh, according to John, that hits me, y'all. That hits me, and, uh, and it may, you know, it, we, need to, we need to follow the example. Number two, let me get off of that before I get in trouble. We need to demonstrate our changed lives. People need to see a difference in us. People need to see a difference in, in me b- from before I was a Christian to now that I am a Christian. Matter of fact, they need to see a difference in me between last year and this year. And, uh, and so you need to, de- to, to demonstrate your changed life. In other words, you wear the wedding band. I mean, you know, I don't know some occupations, the guys take it off. Now they got those rubber ones a lot of guys wear uh, so they don't hurt themselves. But, but you know, wear that wedding band. Let people see that, that you're different. And, uh, and Peter says this, And the water is a picture of baptism which now saves you, not by removing the dirt off your body, but as a response to God from a clean conscience. Who gives us that clean conscience? Jesus did. It is effective because of what? The resurrection of Jesus Christ. So in other words, he changes our life, and we, we're baptized to show that changed life. It's like drawing a line in the sand and saying, hey, friends and neighbors, I'm following Jesus. I'm following Jesus. There's nothing ma- you, you can get baptized and not be saved, and all you did was make our water a little bit dirty. But, uh, you know... But if you're saved and you just want to say, I want to make that stand, I want to make that statement, I want to follow the example of Jesus, I want to demonstrate my changed life, that I'm following Jesus, I want the world to know. And, uh, and so it's not magical, it's the wedding band, we want to wear it. Number three is we need to declare our commitment publicly. My way of thinking, baptism is a public commitment. You know, I, can get, I got saved in my room. You know, beside my bed, I invited Christ to come into my life. But my public declaration is baptism. And uh, now I told people about it and all that kind of stuff, but, but baptism is making that public declaration. See, Jesus, Jesus went to the cross for us. Do you think we could get under the water for him? Do you think we could maybe join a small group for him? Do you think maybe we could, we could love other people, forgive other people, all that kind of stuff? See, Jesus says, look, we're the light. He says, you're a light. And, and so wear your wedding band. Wear your wedding band. Show you're married. Show you're a Christian. We're baptized because we decided to follow Jesus. If you're willing to, 
to tell Jesus, I've decided to follow you. And you've, you've not done that believer's baptism. I want to encourage you to do it. There's something that feels good when you obey even little things like that. Even little things. It, it might be that you're saying, all right, I'm going to get baptized. I've baptized again, but I've rededicated my life since then. I'm going to get baptized. It might be that uh, maybe, you know, God's laid on your heart to do something. And, and when you do that, and you've done something you know God wanted you to do, it feels good, folks. It feels good. And, and so I want to encourage you to do that. Matthew 10, 32, Jesus said this, Everyone who acknowledges me publicly here on earth, I will acknowledge before my Father in heaven. Everyone who acknowledges me publicly here on earth, I will acknowledge before my Father in heaven. Listen, I have people tell me religion is a personal, private thing. It's not. Jesus said it's not. You're supposed to be a light. He said, but everyone who denies me here on earth, I'm going to deny you in front of the Father. It is not keep your politics to yourself, but keep Jesus out there. Be a light. Be a light. You know, Jesus, you know, that's what people say. Politics and religion. Don't want to talk about the, any of them. Keep your politics. But let's talk about Jesus because Jesus tells us to. He said, when you receive the Holy Spirit, you'll receive power to go out and be my witness. It means we're living for him and we're talking about him. Because he said, and tell everyone about me. So acknowledge him here on public. Bow your heads. If you're here today and, or you're watching today and you don't know who this Jesus is, you haven't made that decision, or I'm going to follow Jesus, chances are in the United States of America, you will not be executed or have your family executed in front of you. You may have some of your friends laugh at you or say, oh, so you're a holy roller. Well, my answer to that is, you bet I am. I've got the holiness of Jesus. He made me holy, and he put my name on the roll. They may tell you you've been brainwashed. And my answer to that is my brains were dirty, and they needed washing. And so you do what it takes, but you choose today to follow Jesus. You say, Jesus, I'm all in. So I want you to pray a prayer with me silently in your heart. Jesus, today I want you to know I'm all in. I'm asking you, Jesus, to forgive me of my sin. Come into my life and be my Savior, but, but also be my Lord. Be the boss of my life. Jesus, as best I can, I give you every area of my life. Take control over it. Give me a desire to follow you and the power to do it. It's in your name I pray. Now let me pray. How many of you would say today, you've decided to follow Jesus. You've already decided that. Maybe there's a next step for you. It might be baptism. It might be uh, it might be joining a small group. It might be, hey, I'm going to make a commitment to reading the Bible every, every day, and I'm going to read it through in a year. I've never done that. I'm going to do that. Or I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to commit to be here every Sunday. Whatever it is, just raise your hand. You're making some kind of, I'm going to do this, Lord. I'm going to follow you, Jesus. So, Lord, you see each person in this crowd that's got their hands up. Lord, they're in different places. Lord, I pray that you help us to move from being in the crowd to being the commissioned. Because, Lord, we want people to make a difference. We want people to make a difference in their families, at work, with their friends, God. Help us to move through this to where we're the commissioned, where we are, have chosen, we're going to follow you no matter what. We're going to follow you every day, God. We're going to live for you, and we're going to take as many people to heaven with us as we can. So, God, I just pray for each person that put their hand up. 
in Jesus' name. Everybody said together. Amen. Well, I want to encourage you. You know, we're we're um, keep praying against COVID, all right, and the flu. I've never seen a flu season and a cold and sinus season impact as many people as this is is impacted. And uh, you know, and some have had COVID and and aren't around, but it's been flu and sinuses for the most part. And uh, and so we want people to get well. We're going, we're going to back up. We were going to start the groups at the end of the fast, but we're going to back up the groups into February. And uh, But we're, we're cleaning these rooms out. And we want you to, we'll have a different topics, but maybe you're going to make that commitment. Check that off on your connection card. Uh, you know, that uh, what's your next thing? If you want to be baptized, you've never been baptized as a believer, well, we'll do that. And uh, we'll, we've already cleaned the baptism out real good and disinfected it fill it up with hot water next week and uh, we can baptize you so uh, once again you want to bring a towel and some dark clothes to change into for the baptism and all that that way you can get dressed and and, uh, and leave, you can bring your family take pictures, videos, all that kind of stuff that will happen at the end of the service so Father I thank you for letting us be here today God we pray for those who are sick and watching on uh, online we just pray healing in their bodies God we pray for uh, those who are just about recovered, that you complete that recovery and don't let anybody fall back, Lord, into sickness. Uh, we pray against COVID. We just pray that more and more medicine is discovered that will help it, along with the flu and cold and all that kind of stuff, Lord. We just, Lord, we lift up those who are sick in our congregation. We thank you for those who've gone through surgeries and are doing better. Complete that healing, God, and uh, let there be no more issues with that, Lord. And so we just, uh, God, we, we thank you, God. We thank you that we get to follow you no matter what. But we're also thankful that right now we don't get our heads cut off or anything like that. But, but Lord, strengthen us to where if that choice were ever there, we'd make the right choice. In Jesus' name, amen. I think, I think we have a song, so the band's going to come. And... Uh, want to encourage you, make sure you turn your connection cards in at the doors. We'll have an usher at each door. And, uh, and so turn that in and take your little prayer card out of the bulletin. And if you hadn't filled out and put names on there that you're praying for, fill it out. You might need somebody. Somebody put a couple of them in the offering last week, and they're on my desk. I, I'm praying for those names, but you need to keep your names and pray for them. You can put, if you want me to pray, put the names on that, on that uh, connection card where it says prayer requests, put those names there, and Pastor Kathy and I and Chris and Steve will pray for them. And uh, so do that. Guys, thank you for being here. Invite somebody to be with you next week. Keep praying for those that are sick and can't be here.